0: If you have fallen asleep at 7.30 on a Friday night, you might be a teacher. Teaching is crazy, fun, exhausting, challenging, rewarding, and did I mention crazy? And as Catholic school teachers, we are also entrusted with imbuing Catholic identity. It's a huge responsibility, but fortunately for us, there is Finding God. The amazing K-8 through Faith Formation Program from Loyola Press. It's innovative, engaging, and the most inclusive and complete program we've ever used. Multimedia? Check. Scripture? Check. Family resources? Check. Bilingual? Check. And don't forget, posters, worksheets, quick start guides, apps, magazines, lesson plans. Seriously, Finding God has all you need and more. Pray about it. Visit FindingGod.com and order a sample. Finding God might not help you stay awake later on a Friday night. But it will help you sleep better, knowing you're helping guide kids toward a faith-filled life.
1: Catholic Teachers Lounge with Jill and Colleen Welcome to the Catholic Teachers Lounge, the only podcast by Catholic school teachers for Catholic school teachers. Thank you to Loyola Press for sponsoring us and for you, the teachers, for doing what you do every day. We are so grateful to collaborate with you. My name is Colleen McCoy-Sika, and I'm here today with my friend and colleague, Jill Annable. Hi, Jill. Hi. I am very curious about how you consume information. Are you a digital reader or are you a book reader?
0: Ooh, I'm both because I'm such (laughs) a reader. And it's been fun to watch this evolve over time. So, you know, we were all in classrooms teaching, being adults when... This digital option came to be, and so, Mm -hmm. and and, you know, at the time, I was English teacher, so really in the thick of everyone having heated opinions. Maybe they still do heated opinions about all this. I'm also uh, leading a high school that doesn't have a physical library, and I love libraries. I love libraries uh, because they have digital texts on their iPads. So I know, so I'm I'm living in the thick of this, but personally, I. I love holding a book. I love smelling a book like a weirdo. Like I totally love it. And I love reading. If I could, if I could read all day, I would, I'd have a highlighter in my pocket and a Uh pen in the other. And I would be writing into everything I'm reading. But on a practical note, I read off my phone like all day, all night. Like I am, I probably do 90% of my reading on my phone. I like the digital app of my library. I like having it with me all the time. So on an airplane, in bed while I'm waiting at the doctor's office, like I'm reading everything from my phone
1: and not just articles.
0: I'm saying books. Like, why do you read? So you,
1: you read, you read for enjoyment and you read for purpose.
0: Yes. Uh, you do both digitally. Yeah. And I don't, yes. And I do all of my doctoral work online. I don't print off the papers. I read it all. I'll get the digital text. I mean, once in a while I'll order or rent the book I know you have a whole pile, Colleen,
1: of, I'm like, showing Jill my papers. stack of my stacks of research <laughs> and I did that for my
0: master's degree. I just found all of my research printed out I, and now I'm just, I'm just doing it digitally. I don't know. I like the freedom of not having the paper, but I,
1: I have, but I'm so curious, Colleen, you know,
0: I know, you know, so much oh about gosh. the research behind this and I I've lived in both worlds, so I don't know what this means for kids. I I have, I have thousands of books in my house. So my own kids are fine, but I also, um, don't know what this means for the long-term
1: one of the big questions is it's like, okay, so well, how do you read and how do you consume information? And then what do you believe about how other people should consume information and whether they should be reading everything digitally or in a hard copy? And that those are decisions we do have to make about students. And, you know, funny, just listening to your talking about the library, I know many schools that have gotten rid of their libraries and replaced them with, you know, other kinds of like media spaces and, and things of that nature, but gotten rid of books. And when I think about the, the call of, Catholic schools to always uphold the good, the true, and the beautiful. Um, I'm I'm going to say something about this, th- what the research says about the importance of beauty and hardcover books. That's going to make you think, Jill. Okay. Well, time
0: out. So we're also, so I'm just going to throw myself under the bus. We don't have a library and yet we read Fahrenheit 451. So like we're doing both things, like it's really I'm wild. I'm dying right now. <laughs> I know. I know. And we're in the middle of strategic planning. And my students wrote on their brainstorming that they want the
1: library back. I'm, I'm just so in love with that idea. And I also have a Fahrenheit 451 t-shirt. So I'm going to wear that next time we're podcasting. <laughs> <laughs> great. Great. <laughs> All right. So I am pulling from really some research that I have been following for about, I'm not even sure, maybe 12 years, 15 years. I'm I'm not really sure. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's Dr. Marianne Wolf. Um, A lot of people know who she is. She's a leading researcher from UCLA and on reading brain science, digital text, dyslexia. So anything in that realm. And so I'm always interested to hear what she says back in I'm trying to think when I became a high school principal, it was like 2007, 2008 ish. And at that time, there was a turnover in the high school where I, that I was coming into where the students had moved to -to one-to-one tablets Mm -hmm. And had gotten rid of or were in the process of getting rid of textbooks. And I think at that time, the teachers who still wanted to have textbooks could have textbooks and teachers who wanted to use the device would use the device and so I really, I spent a lot of time during those years, but then also when I came into system leadership, because there were schools here in the diocese of Phoenix who were on that, that precipice of, well, do we go digital or do we keep our books? And there are very strong opinions on both sides of this. And so I wanted to know what the research said. And Dr. Wolf has always been a go-to for me. So let me me just tell you a little bit of what she says about this. She says that People, and this is actually information that I got from um, an interview she did in October of 2022. So this is recent. Okay. Um, She's always been consistent though. I got to say that people do not become immersed in what they are reading on the screen. They do not become immersed. Okay. Because we actually, the brain actually takes additional milliseconds, more time on print. And it makes a huge difference in the brain. Even though you don't know you're spending fewer seconds, Jill reading on a screen, if you were reading that in, in text, uh, in a, you know, in a hard copy form, your brain would be taking more time on it. So anything involving complexity, depth, and she also mentions beauty gets lost or has more likelihood of getting lost. And I say 100% of the time gets lost, but there's more likelihood that something will get lost. So if you're reading for complexity, depth, or beauty should be in print. And she speaks about digital print as more of a skimming process than an engaged reading process. The brain is less likely to engage deeply. So what do you think?
0: Okay, so first of all, you're right in that. I read more quickly when it's digital, even if it's a novel. I'm, I'm flipping the pages quicker and a library app for sure, which feels efficient to me. I feel the stamina of reading faster. Even if I'm just, even if I'm just putting myself into a story, a simple story, And a whatever. lot of people say that but I'm so much faster. Yeah. There's a reason yeah. for that. Okay. Uh-huh. Which, which is okay. If I think I'm reading for pleasure, whatever I, okay. I can, I can deal with that. I also, the beginning years of the research, I remember we're talking a lot about scrolling up. And so if you're reading like an article and you're scrolling up, you're not yeah. going to absorb that very well yeah. because you're visually like, I can always remember, Oh, that great quote was at the bottom of the page or the top of a page. Like I was very visual in that, geographical and geographical memory. Yeah. Geographical mm-hmm. memory. Thank you. So yep. I understand that if it's something complex, I probably, and I do this, I guess I do this, I print it out and then I highlight and stuff, but with digital highlighters, I guess I use those too. I'm really thinking out loud for you today, Colleen. I'm not sure, but I do think (laughs) it's a can of worms though. I I don't disagree with what you're describing. If that's what the research is saying, I, I don't disagree with it. I think the most dangerous place is when we say you should only do this or you should only do that because I think, absolutely. I think you know, kids are going to have preference, but they need to understand the range. And I think that they need to know why we as teachers are modeling certain ways to read so that
1: they can get the most out of what they're supposed to be doing with that text. So I, there was, I don't know. Yeah. There was one thing. And I want to go back to that idea of geographical memory, because that was one thing in the early research. And I I go back to when I, I was working with elementary schools here in the diocese of Phoenix, who were looking at, going full digital and this was one of the points that i brought up so this is you know from older research from dr wolf this idea of geographical memory of when when you're still teaching students to read purposefully so at the elementary level so you're you're learning to read and then you're reading to learn right so those are mm-hmm. when do you make that shift but the importance of geographical memory in students remembering where they saw something on a page, as you just mentioned, Jill, mm-hmm. and I can tell you books that I've read over and over and over again, like Fahrenheit 451, like to kill a mockingbird, you know, like my, my favorites that I've read many, many times. I could tell you where particular quotes are on a Like I can, I can still see it in yes. my head chapter 10, you know, there's a section about Atticus, you know, chapter 10, like it's at the bottom of the page. I can see mm-hmm. it in Me my too. head. Me too. So, oh my gosh, there's the bell. That is really a bummer because I want to talk about this all day long, Jill. So we're going to continue this. (laughs) All right. Well, there we go. It is time to get back to class. And there are always more ideas than time to celebrate them, but we are certainly going to do our best to try. We drop episodes three days per week throughout the school year. So so send us your ideas and share the love with your fellow teachers. Go to catholicteacherslounge.com to share. The Catholic Teachers Lounge is your haven of hope to exchange ideas and affirm your efforts.